This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. The Browns win it. The Browns win it. The Browns win it. Yes, they find a way yet again. Adam the Bull with you in the bullpen. And the Browns have pulled it out over Pittsburgh in Cleveland. 13-10 is the final. Yes, the offense was ugly for both teams. It set back quarterback play 50 years. It felt like a night game from when I was a little kid in the 70s, right? But in the end, the Browns, who have been so resilient all year long, found a way to win. They blew a 10-0 lead, but get a field goal by Dustin Hopkins. That guy has come through every time. He did it again today. Blast the field goal, 30, what was it, 37 yards, I think? Let me just double check what that was. Even less, 34 yards. And the Browns win by a final of 13-10. to 10. We'll get into all of it. Not a lot of offense to talk about. A lot of defense to talk about. Some special teams. But the Browns improved to 7-3. and three. They are just a half game behind Baltimore for first place in the AFC North. And if the, if the playoffs ended right at this second, they would be uh, – the, the Browns are tied with, with Miami and Jacksonville uh, for the for – the, at 7-3. and three. The Browns are only – I'm sorry, boss, it's Baltimore 7-4. Uh, I don't know what I said Baltimore was, but they're 8-3. and three. I, I think I screwed that up. I don't think I said they're 8-3. and three. Right now, the only teams with better records than the Browns, you got Baltimore at eight and three, Kansas City at seven and two. They are right there, uh, and there's only at the moment uh, six teams in the AFC that are are more than a game over five hundred. So the Browns, despite all they've gone through on the offense all season long, with the injuries, now Watson out for the year, Jack Conklin out for the year, Jed Will, uh, Nick Chubb out for the year, Jed Wills has missed a lot of time. On and on and on it goes on offense. Uh, Miles Garrett led the way for the defense, and the Browns win. We'll break it all down next, but first, get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. We recap the Browns' big win. This is the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, let's jump into it, baby. So this game, uh, again, the offense was ugly. Now, a lot of that was certainly both teams' ability to play defense, but but some of it was just the ineptitude of both offensive teams. I will say that I thought – that DTR played well in the first half. Uh, He made some good throws, was hurt by some drops. But as the game went on, they played very conservatively. I was really, I guess I shouldn't be stunned about anything. 
But I was I was surprised about all the criticism of the game. You know, Kevin Stefanski, how many times does this guy have to show you how good a coach he is before you believe it? There are so many people complaining on social media about the conservative nature on the offense all week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, all week right here on the podcast. What did we talk about? Just don't turn it over, right? We, we talked, we said that time and time again. Just don't turn it over. Run the ball, quick passes. That's exactly what they did. They didn't push it downfield. Yes, in the second half, the Steelers, until that final drive, were able to stop them. They were jumping on all the routes. I get it. but in, And you can't play that way every week. If you play against better offensive teams, you're going to need to play differently. But in his second start for DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, in his first start in a while, and his second start overall against probably the best defensive team you're going to face the rest of the season, it was the absolute right game plan to be conservative. And you folks, you know, you know me. I'm Mr. Anti-Conservative. I hate it. But that's how they had to win today, and I loved it. He made one mistake on a tip ball, had the one turnover. I predicted the Browns would win 10-9. They won 13-10. This was right around what I expected in this game. Uh, I just wanted to look at um, the halftime statistics because if because let's see. Here we go. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the first half was 13 of 19 for 98 yards. And then for the game, 13 of 19, 98. And so for the game, he was so he threw a lot of passes in the second half. He was nine of, for 24 for, for about 80 yards in the second half, many of them coming on that last drive. So the, as expected, the rest of the first, the second half, he really did nothing. They couldn't run the ball. The Browns were very ineffective. Let's face it, their run game has been very mediocre outside of last week against Baltimore. Uh, Kareem Hunt had some big runs, had that big first down run when he leapfrogged, did uh, did that, hurdled a, a Steelers player. But overall, Kareem Hunt to Jerome Ford and one run from Pierre Strong combined. The three running backs, 25 carries, 72 yards. They're going to need to be better in all aspects of the offense going forward. But I love this win because this is how they needed to win this game. A lot of people thought the Browns would score a lot. I know my man G thought they'd score a lot. I never thought they would score a lot. I knew they had to win a grind it out game. They're going to have, you know, you knew DTR would have to make a couple of plays. He did in the first half on the drive they scored. He did in the late in the fourth quarter in the, in the two minute drive. I mean, Talk about pressure. The Browns had blown a 10-point lead. Jalen Warren had the big run start the third quarter. The Steelers grinded out a little bit on another drive to get a field goal. They had field position advantage for much of the second half after the touchdown. The running game was non-existent, and yet DTR, who was um, had to get it done on that last drive, he had to make some big throws, and the Browns found a way. Before we get to that, let's get back to the beginning of the game. Right, the Browns uh, got the ball first. They moved it a little bit on that initial drive and were able to flip field position in their favor on their first drive as they got the ball into Steeler territory, punted, buried the Steelers back at the nine. I thought Miles Garrett set the tone for the for the Steeler uh, for the Browns defense on the first play. Sacks Kenny Pickett, 
Now, this is one of the few mistakes. I, I, I Kevin Stefanski, who you know I love, who I just streamed at fans for not for uh, for doubting this guy all the time. He did have a few head scratching moves. Now, the first two, I you know I blame more the guy or the woman or whoever is giving him advice on when to challenge and when not to challenge. Uh, Miles Garrett had a sack on the first play. They ruled Kenny Pickett down inside the one. It should have been a sack. He should have challenged. Apparently, he threw the flag out just after the play started. They missed an opportunity. It would have been 2 nothing. Now, the good news is that they had to punt from inside their goal line or inside their end zone. The Browns got it back. They started at the 50, had great field position, and were able to get down the field uh, for a touchdown. The big play, a couple of big plays on that drive, on second down and eight, Dorian Thompson-Robinson hit David Njoku um, for an 18-yard completion that got it down to the 30, and you didn't want to be in a third and long situation. David Njoku had a rough day, a lot of drops in this game, but that was a big play he made. And then the second big play, after after Jerome Ford had one of his few, very few good runs in this game, was second and five at the 25. Jerome Ford, a 13-yard run and a face mask penalty on Patrick Peterson. So the Browns got it at six. They got it down to the one-yard line on third and goal at the one. They ran it with Ford. They originally ruled him down just outside the goal line. Stefanski called for replay. You know, at first glance, I was like, "Ah, I don't know. I I didn't think he should have done that. But he was right in that case. Their, Their replay guy, whoever it was, got it right. They scored it. A t- they ruled it a touchdown. The Browns took a seven nothing lead again. Uh, Pittsburgh did nothing their second drive. We went back and forth with punts until finally the Browns got the ball at their own seventeen with five thirty to go. They marched down the field. It was a, a really long drive. It ended at the Pittsburgh six, and uh, and Dustin Hopkins kicked the field goal at the end of the first half. So the Browns did a really good job on that drive of milking the clock, not giving the Steelers the ball, uh, not giving them another chance with the ball. So the, the drive was five minutes or so, and they got it down to the sixth. Eventually, they kicked the field goal, and they really did it. The Browns have been great at time of possession. They've been the best team in the league. Uh, the Steelers, I think, have been the third worst team in the league in terms of uh, field position, and the Browns did a great job on that drive of milking the clock, knocking it down, and Hopkins kicks the field goal with 25 seconds left. The Browns felt very in control at halftime. Unfortunately, on the second play of the the second half, Jalen Warren bust a run for 74 yards. Remember, the Steelers had, I want to say, 60 yards of offense total in the first half, something like that, and Warren breaks out for a 74-yard run. Then, from there on, the Steelers had a a line or a – the field advantage in terms of the line of scrimmage. And eventually it led to an an easy field goal attempt. The Browns were able to keep the Steelers out of the end zone a second time. It looked bad because uh, that drive after the Steelers got that touchdown and then kind of went back and forth with some punts. And in the, in the middle of the fourth quarter, it looks like, looked like the Steelers were starting to, you know, grind out the Browns defense, but they held on that drive and the Steelers could not do anything after that. It was it was really a great job by the Browns defense uh, that they were able to completely shut them down after that. And 
uh, hold on there and give their offense after they punted a bunch of times. And remember, the Browns' offense in the first half, again, did nothing. They hadn't moved the ball at all in the second half. They only had 259 yards for the game, and they had uh, a good chunk of that in the first half and then that final drive. And then the Browns got the ball back. Uh, the number I was looking for before, by the way, was was that that drive at the end of the first half where the Browns kicked the field goal was 17 plays, 77 yards. I mean, that's that's grinding out a drive. And the Steelers, in their long drive to tie the game, 13 plays, 62 yards, took seven minutes. So the Browns got it back. They punted. The Steelers got it back. Browns forced a three and out. And remember, the last two times the Steelers got the ball, even after the uh, 10, when it was 10-10, they had great field position, and the Browns didn't even get a, uh, let them get another field goal attempt off. The defense was just absolutely outstanding. Miles Garrett trying to win rookie, uh, rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, had two big sacks. He has 13. He leads the league. But it all came down to the final drive. The final drive of the game with the Browns and the Steelers uh, tied at 10. And the way the second the way the second half had gone for the Browns offense, I was thinking, okay, just run the clock and let's hope the Browns can win the game in overtime. I did not think the Browns were going to be able to get down the field to get a touchdown on that final drive. Be- or I'm sorry, uh, to get a, even a field goal in that final drive, even a field goal attempt, because they just were not moving the ball at all in the first half of the game, in the second half of the game, after they had you know, done a decent job of moving the ball in the first half. But they were unable to sustain drives. The Steelers were coming up on everything. The Browns were not challenging down the field at all. But again, I understood that. But in the final drive, they opened it up a little, and the Browns were able to make enough plays to get in great field position. Now, they started with the ball at the, after the punt, a decent return by Pro, Prochet. Gets it to the 35, or the small return, but it wasn't a great, uh, wasn't a great punt. So they start at the 35. It was the best starting field position they'd had in a while. Hu- another huge play. We talked about some big plays on the drive in the first half. In this, in the final drive, with the Browns starting at the at the 35 yard line, you figure they need to go at least 25 yards for a field goal attempt. But there was only a minute 18 to go. The Browns had their timeouts. They had two timeouts left. But only a minute 18 to go. They hadn't been moving the ball. My hope, honestly, was just if you can get field goal range, okay, just at least run the clock so the Steelers don't get the ball back, and maybe you can flip the field a little in overtime. Fortunately, the Browns did me one better and did all of you one better. The first play, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quick pass, short left, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore early in the game had a bad drop, then he made a nice play, and on this one, Great play by Elijah Moore, who's been up and down, as we know. He got down. It was a low throw. He got down, cradled it there so the ball doesn't hit the ground. And on one play, the Browns get it to midfield. That was big. At the 50, so now you're at the 50-yard line. You might even be able to kick a field goal with another 10 yards. Still 58 seconds to go, but the clock is moving. They, they hit Kareem Hunt with a quick pass. He gets out of bounds. Clock stops with, uh, with, with, 53 seconds left. It's a second and five. Now, by the way, I mentioned a couple things that it's, I had Stefanski had me scratching my head. The second one was the play earlier when when uh, Kenny Pickett dives to the first down. His helmet comes off and everybody piles on the helmet. So it looks like if you were at the game, I saw people at the game say, oh, he was short. He was short. No, he was not. It was clear that he was not short. 
and Kevin's the fan, and I blame Kevin Stefanski. It's really who's ever advising him in the booth about replaying. There was a timeout on the field. There was plenty of time. It was a really bad challenge. They wasted their last challenge there. That was stupid. My final criticism will come on this last drive, although I, overall, I think Kevin Stefanski did a magnificent job again, but I got to be fair and point out the things that I didn't like because, the, you know, anyway, things get crazy. All right, so second and five at the 45. 53 seconds left. DTR hits Amari Cooper on a slant pattern, and Amari just – Joey Porter was on him all day. Joey Porter's, uh, you know, a rookie, obviously. He's played really well. He was all over Cooper, but he just got a half a step on him. Gets gets the ball first down at the 37. All right, now you're in field goal range. It's a deep field goal, but we know Dustin Hopkins has been great over 50. The Browns call the second timeout. I don't have a problem with that. First and 10 at the 37. Uh, DTR hits Najoku. And again, Najoku, who's had a rough day, a lot of drops, but this was a big play. He needed this one because he he had really let DTR down. I saw after the game, DTR and Najoku hugging. Najoku was talking to him. He had let him down for most of the day, but on this play, in the, the biggest drive of the game, Najoku made the grab 11 yards, another first down. Now, you're in big-time field goal range. At this point, there's 25 seconds left. All right? Um, Kareem, so 25 seconds left. You have a first and 10 at the 26. From here, it's a 43-yard field goal. Dustin Hopkins, the way he's played this year, you figure he's going to make that 19 out of 20 times. So the Browns run it to get a couple of yards, maybe get um, a Hopkins in the perfect spot that he wants it. They get two yards. Now, what was weird to me here, and maybe that maybe the quarterback did it, maybe it was a mistake, the Browns call their final timeout with 20 seconds left. I didn't like this. Now, in the end, it didn't matter. It didn't matter, but it was a weird It was a weird thing to do. The delay, uh, there was a delay game called on the Steelers, actually moved the ball up five yards. Then they ran with Hunt, which I don't have a problem with. But I don't understand. After Hunt gets the first run with 25 seconds left, instead of using their timeout there, they should have clocked it on that play. Instead, they had to clock it after Hunt run the second run on second down. And now you had to rush because you worried that now you have no more timeout, so you have to clock it. But... Now, they had enough time. They ended up clocking it with uh, with uh, how many seconds left? It was, I can't remember now. I think it was seven seconds left or five seconds. No. Yeah, it was five seconds left. And again, they had enough time to clock it. But why put yourself in that situation? If you would have clocked it on first down, then you know you have the timeout and you could stop the clock immediately then. I thought that was a mistake. Again, I didn't see who called the timeout. Maybe DTR did. I don't know. In the end, it didn't matter, but that was a head-scratcher play I didn't like. In the end, as I said, fortunately, it didn't matter. They do stop the clock, um, and then the Browns go out for the field goal, and Dustin Hopkins puts it right through the uprights. Never a doubt. Again, just like last week with the game-winning field goal, there's a flag on the play, and for a moment, you're like, no, and then again, like last week, Last week it was on Baltimore. This week it's on Pittsburgh. And the Browns win it 13-10. to 10. You got to love it. Uh, at this point, the Bengals, in my opinion, are out of it at 5-5. Five and five. The Steelers are certainly not out of it at 6-4. and four, But now you've split with them. Uh, the Browns now are 3-2 and two in the division. 
And when you play the Bengals, they're, again, they're not going to have Joe Burrow. Not that it's a guaranteed win, but it puts you in good shape. The Browns have won three in a row for the first time in a number of years. They've won five of their last six. Remember, they were three and two, and since then they've gone five and one. Uh, the defense has been absolutely outstanding, only allowing 177 points in 11 games. Uh, the only teams that have given up less than the Browns have played less games. San Francisco's given up 143 and nine. Uh, the Eagle, uh, no, the Eagles have given up more. Let's see. I think there was one of the, oh, the Chiefs have given up 143 in nine games. And the Jets have given up one less point, 172 in nine games. So those three teams have given up less points, but they've all played two less games to this point. Those teams are still playing this week. So the Browns defense has been outstanding. Uh, uh, excuse me. The Browns defense is allowed 180 points. The Ravens 177. That's my bad. So there's a couple other teams ahead of the Browns there. But uh, and the Ravens, the Browns have actually played only one more game than those teams, not two. The Ravens have played two more. So that's even more impressive. But the Browns point differential now plus 47, which is the fifth best in the AFC. Um, and uh, listen, outside of the Ravens game, the first time when DTR played, the Browns have played outstanding football. They've been in every game uh, in or in every game besides that game, nine out of 10. They're now five and one at home. The only team in the AFC with a better home record is Miami at five and oh. Uh, nobody else has five wins in the AFC at home. Uh, there's a couple of four and O teams in the NFC, Philly, Dallas, and, uh, that's it. And, uh, Detroit's four and one at home. The, the dog, the, I'm not even say the dog pound, the uh, Cleveland Brown stadium has turned into a huge home field advantage. The fans, you guys did an amazing job today. Very loud, very into it. Uh, let's take a look at some of the final numbers in the box score. DTR finishes 24 for 43, 165, no touchdowns in a pick. It was tipped. Uh, he Overall, he did it again for the situation. It was, it's not a, if did I say, if you say in a vacuum, did this quarterback have a good game? No, he didn't have a good game by traditional standards. But I thought for the most part, he did what they needed him to, considering he, he had very little help because the running game was non existent. He made a few nice plays with his legs, carrying 20 yards for th you know on three carries. Uh, Elijah Moore had a solid game, did have the one drop, but that was it. Uh, six of seven for 60. David Njoku had 15 targets, but only seven catches, a lot of drops. If you see seven for 56, you think Njoku continued his good game, but I, he didn't have a great game today, but he made a big play when it mattered. Amari Cooper didn't do much, but four for 34. Again, a couple of big plays when they needed him. JOK continues to play great on the defensive side of the ball. I thought outside of the one run when War again, it was really in a lot of ways like the first Brown Steelers matchup, except this time the Browns won it late instead of the Steelers in a game where the Browns offense wasn't doing much. Jalen Warren had the great 74 yard run. He had a fantastic game. He had eight, nine carries for 129 yards. He was great. Uh, he had 145 yards total, including pass uh, receiving. Nobody else did anything. Pickett was awful. 15 of 28, 106. Uh, nobody else did anything else on the ground, really. Their leading receiver was Pickens, George uh, Pickens, who had four catches on six targets for 38 yards. Deontay Johnson was a non-factor. Friar Muth was a non-factor. The Browns did a great job defensively. Um, despite the fact that they didn't they didn't force any turnovers in this game. 
First time in a while. They lost a turnover battle again, won nothing, but won the game. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr. got hurt. We'll have to see what happened. They've been very healthy on offense, especially in the front seven. First injury they've had to deal with, really, in the front seven. Taki Taki stepped in at middle linebacker, did a nice job. Again, I thought the secondary played well. They missed contain on the, on the, the one Jalen Warren run, but it was really not much outside of that. Again, that touchdown was 74 yards. And the Steelers, besides that play, only had uh, 150 yards the rest of the game, and re- and it was they they did they just did nothing in the passing game. Kenny Pickett averaged less than four yards per pass attempt, which is awful. Now, <laughs> DTR averaged less than four yards per pass attempt uh, as well. So again, this not good quarterback play in this game, but that was the type of game going forward against some better offensive teams. Uh, you know, like Jacksonville and a, a couple of others to rehide Houston. Yeah, DTR is going to have to do much more. But for this game, it was the right game plan to be ultra conservative. And in the end, it worked. And in the end, the Browns are seven and three. And their chances of making the playoffs, I would say, are outstanding. Can they win in the playoffs with a quarterback playing like this? Probably not. Not against good teams. But DTR has time to get better to build his confidence. He had to throw a lot of passes. They threw a lot late. They weren't running the ball effectively. They're going to need a better running game. But again, in my opinion, the Steelers are the best defense the Browns are going to face the rest of the year. You're not facing a, a laundry list of great defenses the rest of the year. And so they they had the right game plan. Stefanski gets an A or an A minus. I'm going to give him an A minus because I thought there were a couple of mistakes I, I talked about with the, the challenges and the the use of the bad use of the last time out, but I give them an A, an A minus. Uh, the defense gets an A, uh, no A plus because of the Jalen Warren run, but an A. Uh, the running game gets a a C minus. Kareem Hunt had a couple of nice plays when it mattered late, big first downs, and you know, Ford busted in for the touchdown on a close play. I'll give DTR a, a, a C. I'll give him a C. I, the numbers are not worthy of a C, but the circumstances for him to me are. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks to Max and Monzo. Uh, thanks to all of you. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the, the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on YouTube. And, uh, and uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Pet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.